Swing Smarter newsletter monthly. This is your host, Joey Myers from the Hitting Performance Lab. And with me today, I have one of my best buds in the baseball softball industry, Uncle Flash, a.k.a. Taylor Gardner. He is the co-founder of the Backspin Tea. And for those of you out there that know Taylor Gardner's brother, Jarrett, they give a lot of information out there for free on the social media. Uh, they're not just a tea company, but they actually have, and this is what I, I like about them, is that they have a mind, a hitting mindset that is rooted in, in a scientific method style of thinking. They're always asking questions. They're developing a hypothesis. They're doing the research and study and they're collecting the data and, and, ha- and coming to a conclusion. It's not just an opinion. They're basing it off of all kinds of different things like physics and engineering and uh, different things like that. So uh, welcome to the Swing Smarter Newsletter, Taylor. And uh, if you're ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Got it. Well, hey, in a past conversation, we talked about uh, something I wanted to do a deep dive in was the concept of timing. I know you guys, you and, and Matt Noakes and, and Jarrett, you guys do a lot of thought on timing. And obviously this is the kind of the one thing that separates us baseball, softball players from golf because it's really not that element in, in sure. golf. So uh, I wanted to deep dive in this, in this phone call, in this interview, on your top two uh, if not three timing drills that you do with your hitters that you guys work with? Sure. So uh, I got two of them that really, really stand out. We do this with all of our hitters uh, of any age, as long as they're in you know, coach pitch or, or, or above. Obviously, with your more advanced hitters, you can expand these drills uh, to challenge them even more. But the, the one thing about timing that we see a lot of coaches and players misunderstand, I'll make sure that I'm very clear on what timing is, uh, at least through the lens that I'll be talking about, is uh, the amount of time the ball is from release point out of the pitcher's hand to your contact point. And let's just say for general reference, that's in front of the plate for right now, you know, or at the plate, either way. Hitters uh, need to learn how to get on time with the pitch. And no, that's not just guessing pitches. Um, but actually, you can feel your timing. Anyone with a stopwatch can actually pull their phone out and, you know, start, stop, and try and stop that thing on .40 seconds or .47 seconds, whatever it may be. And a lot of hitters have no idea that an 80-mile-an-hour fastball, it, it takes the same amount of time to get to the plate. And it really doesn't matter if it's an 80-mile-an-hour fastball or an 80-mile-an-hour curveball. That the timeline is, is virtually identical. So once you start to feel these timelines, man, a hitter, it, there's no reason a hitter should ever be late on, on, on a pitcher. Uh, and, and that is huge in our world of hitting. If you can get a hitter to be on time with the pitcher, sure, they still have to put the right swing to it, get the barrel behind the ball, uh, but at least they're going to be in time to do so. There's nothing worse than watching a, a hitter struggle because they're late on fastball and early on off speed. They're, right. they're, they're caught in between, and they don't know what, what, what to do with that. So the first drill that I talk to, to talk about is actually one that we can do. You don't need a T for it. You can just do it if you have someone that's doing live arm. Um, start really close to them. Let's say... 20 feet out, you know, behind the L screen. And you can make it kind of easy on them. You know, we're not trying to blow it by them necessarily or lob it into them, but you can give them a, a pretty flat uh, pitch in there, something that replicates what they might be seeing in a game. And then once they're good and ready, start trying to blow it by them. Start ramping that speed up. And don't, don't lie to them. They're not trying to trick them. Hey, we're going to throw fast here. And hitters are going to inherently start figuring out when to start their swing. And a lot of hitters, 
I see is they don't know how to start their swing soon enough. Now, that doesn't mean pulling the trigger to swing all the way through, but they got to get going. A good example of that is if you're going to, uh, you know, do a race, you know, ready on your mark, get set, go. Everyone who's ever done that kind of leans into it a little bit on your mark, get set. They kind of sit in their legs, kind of twist up their core a little bit. They're ready to make their first move uh, to get the best jump they can. So that gets the hitter ready. Then after they start doing that 20-foot distance, you can start scooting back 30 feet, 40 feet, 60 feet, even 80 feet, further than what they might see in an actual game. Again, just challenging their brain and their ability to figure out when to start on time so they know when to land on time so they can take their best swing. And so that, that right there anyone can do. Uh, another drill that I really like is with uh, two, two batting tees. You do have to have a backspin tee for this one. That's the drill that me and my brother created. Yep. And you put the backspin tee at the fastball depth. So let's say you, know, you like hitting it around your front foot area or in front of the play, wherever it may be. That's great. That's your fastball. That's your preferred timing of where you're trying to hit your fastball. It feels good to your swing. Then you put a traditional tee about a foot, foot and a half, further in front of the tee and a little bit lower. And so what we're replicating here is if a fastball gets to this certain depth that you like, but a change-up at that same time is actually a foot or foot and a half in front of where that fastball is. Now, again, we've researched this. I'll save all the details for later. But a change-up isn't 10 feet in front of where the fastball is. So if you're on time for fastball, you're really only off time of change-up by about a foot, foot and a half. So if you can imagine that in your head, that's not that much. And hitters, if you learn how to, what we call ride, uh, into your stride, controlling your forward move, your forward move <clears throat> is essential in controlling your depth of where you put your body in relationship to where you're trying to hit the ball. And, Taylor, talk, okay. talk, talk a little bit about the ride. Give, give some examples okay. of that. So, so again, like, like that, that, that racing on your market set go, everyone can, can kind of envision that. Other uh, examples of ride would be like the first baseman. Uh, they get their foot on the bag, you know, ground ball hits to the second baseman, they get their foot on the bag. They, they already know how far out in front they want to catch that ball. First basemen do not like catching the ball with their glove near their body. They want to catch it further out front. One, that's how we're, we've kind of learned how to play catch our whole life. You know, catch the ball in front of you here, you know. Uh, so they actually will – the first baseman doesn't just stand out there with his legs spread already hoping that the second baseman throws it directly to him. Uh-uh. He gets on that bag, his feet are generally close together, and he anticipates and feels that release point, and then as that ball is thrown to him, if he has to make an adjustment, he can take his body to that ball. Then he lands and he catches it at the depth that he wants to catch it. Uh, catchers do the same thing. There's not as much movement because catchers are squatted, but you will see a catcher give the sign, and then as that pitcher gets in his windup, you'll see a catcher kind of like put his glove down for a second. It's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. They'll put their glove down for a second, and then whoom, They'll catch that ball on perfect time right where, he, you know, hopefully the pitcher goes you know, in the spot. But the catcher is putting himself in position to be on time to catch that ball. And outfielders do this. Fly ball hitting the gap. You know, do they sprint to the spot, stand underneath, and hold their gloves straight up in the air? Not really. Not really. They, 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 they judge that ball, even though they're, they're jogging or even a half sprint. They're still riding to get to the location, they want to be on perfect time. By the way, I'm doing this in my uh, shop right now, building tees. <laughs> I'm literally envisioning catching the fly ball. And, and so this happens. Wide receivers do this. It, this is nothing new for athletes. They just, depending on how you have thought about it or not thought about it, a ride might be groundbreaking to you. It also might be something that a hitter can do immediately 
uh, because they just never applied it to hitting like they have their other athletic endeavors. And talk, and talk about the snap drill. That's a great way to kind of practice that ride. Ah, yes. So we, we like to use a, if you can smack your fingers or clap your hands or whatever, we like to call it release hit. So release hit, uh, uh, timing uh, practice, if you will. Mm-hmm. So the pitcher, and, and you can do this playing catch. I actually got to do this with Matt Noakes. We were working out with the Louisville Sluggers, uh, uh, minor league ball team there for the Reds. And uh, Matt goes, all right, Taylor, I've never seen you throw. And I warmed up or anything. He's talking to me ball and goes, I want you to throw it down the cage. And all of you AAA players, I want you to snap your fingers right when he releases the ball. Now, they had no practice doing this. Right. And I said, you want me to try and mess them up? He said, yeah, try and pull this. Said, okay. So I took a super slow wind up. You know, put my hands way over my head like a pitcher would do, like Nolan Ryan or somebody. Super slow high leg kick. And then I went as fast as I could, and I pushed off my back leg, and I threw that ball down the cage, and guess what? All of them snapped at the same time. Right. Because we have, we can filter, and your brain and eyes can tell when an event is about to happen. So call it anticipatory, call it guessing, whatever. You know when the pitcher's going to throw the ball. You see him warm up. He can't fool you. He can't get to his release point and then not throw the ball. Right. If he does that, it's not going to be very good for him. So feeling the ride into release, which starts your timeline, starts the timeline of that pitch, is easy. You just have to look for it. Super easy. We do it every time we play catch. Right. And, and then a, <clears throat> you snap again where you want to hit the ball. Release, catch. Right. And then another good one for those out there that are coaching the, the younger kids, like I am with my seven-year-old son, uh, getting them to play catch, right? Just just from oh, yeah. two, three feet away, just the act, and you and me and, and the older the coaches, we take it for granted in, in catching a ball, but when you watch a six and a seven and eight-year-old try and catch a ball without a glove on, and, and one of the drills we do is we have them catch it. They they got a partner, and then they, they toss it underhand to each other, and the first phase is no glove, and they're trying to catch the ball with both hands. The second phase is to catch it just with your just with your catching hand without the glove. And then the the last two phases of four is glove on, uh, look, backed up a little bit, catching with both hands, and the last one is catching it only with your glove hand. The interesting thing is when you have them in phase two with no glove and they have to catch it with their glove hand because you're watching them try and ride out and try and time their hand closing so it, it's perfect that it catches the ball. And you, oftentimes you see the kid close his hand too early, it hits the fingertips and then falls to the ground. Or oh, yeah. they close it too late, it hits their palm and hits the ground, and then they close their, their hand. So uh, another great example of that ride. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the, in the swing, per se. That's what we're talking right. about here. But a ride is just like Taylor was saying. It's anticipatory. It's uh, a guess. It's whatever. But the better using the snap drill really like, and that there's an article that I did with Matt Noakes on that or a video he did, and I put it on my blog, and that's a, it's a very popular blog post. Every time I put it up, a lot of people share it, and it's just a simple. Uh, I'm sure those AAA guys uh, for the Louisville Slugger team, AAA team, I'm yeah. sure they were like, snap drill, really? <laughs> a bunch of AAA guys, but it's, it's as simple as that. You can really train uh, the principle, the timing principle, just snapping when released, snapping when the ball passes the passes the plate or hits the catcher's glove or whatever, however you want to do it. You know, that's a great one. Now, now bring us back to that, the drill, the backspin tee drill where you have the backspin tee and then you have at the regular 
on time, uh, fastball time, and then you have the off speed, uh, tanner tier, whatever out in front, uh, foot and a half out in front, and how sure. that ride helps with that. Okay, so this is where uh, I, I need a clean slate for anyone who's listening to this because we've all seen and heard outside pitches have to let get deeper, uh, inside pitches you, you have to hit it further out front. I'm not going to say yes or no to that. Just just what I'm going to say is you got to find your preferred timing depth of contact. You know, I me personally, you know, and and I like to hit it around my front foot. Um, not that you can't work on letting it get, deep, get deeper, but once you find that preferred contact depth. Go to battle with that. That is your strong timing depth. That is your contact point that you like. And so many times um, I see hitters trying to work on hitting into all fields, which is great. I have nothing against that. But, yeah. but, but I see them struggle in the attempts of, of practicing that because they aren't on time with any one spot. How are they going to be on time with, well, it's outside pitch. Now I react to it. Now I let it get eight inches deeper. Okay, now i got to be on time for that. Hopefully I hit it hard. Right. So you can cover the whole plate while also trying to be on time with your preferred depth. So that's where I'm getting with this. If you can still do all of that, cover all the depths of the plate, it's all parts of the field, but you don't have to give up. In fact, it only helps you if you know your preferred depth. So when you put the backspin tee at your fastball depth and you have a coach or another player, that when the hitter starts to load in his swing, if you will, or start to ride, whatever their first movement is, either call or either don't call out anything, and they're going to hit fastball, the backspin team, mm-hmm. or call out change up. And they're going to react and then extend their swing or buy time, or whatever you want to call it. They get their swing that extra foot, foot and a half, which sounds like a lot. It's not. It, 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 until you try it, a foot and a half is nothing. Right. It is, we've all seen hitters do this. Well, uh, foot, I mean, their leg. Your shoe, just look at your foot. You know, most people, maybe not, they don't have 12, size 12 feet, but they're pretty right. close, whether it's 8, 10, 10, uh, 10 inch shoes, uh, you know, 10, or actually 10 to 12 inch shoes. You just look down in your shoe and that's, that's about, uh, 60% of it. That's right. That's right. So, so within one, within two different pitches, within one same swing, a hitter can be on time to hit a fastball where he wants and a change up a little bit further up front and still not quit on the swing, still not have to react and let that pitch get deeper and manipulate his mechanics. You'll change your mechanics when a change up comes in. Uh, you, you might change your style as far as, oh, he went a little bit further, you know, he took his head to it a little bit further, he hit that change up a little bit further up front. That's great. But it's still his A swing, his best swing that he's able to, to get off. So we don't have to have, you know, nine different points of timing uh, to cover all nine points. You can go to battle with your best timing depth and still cover the whole play. You simply have to know how to ride and, and when to land swing. And that land swing is, is essential. You look at some of the best hitters in the world, as soon as that front foot lands and they're pulling the trigger, there's no pause. Pitchers don't pause when their front foot lands a throw. Right. They land throw. Um, now, you, again, you might have some guys that do a a no stride or a toe tap or a little heel lift. That's all styles of ride and stride. Um, so the stride is the forward move. The ride is getting ready to make that forward move. And they're both extremely important. Um, now, are you going to be perfect with that every time? No. But you will have hitters trying this drill and, and trying not to laugh at them because it will happen. Mm-hmm. They will accidentally tell themselves, oh, the coach is going to call change up here. I just know it. <laughs> and he won't say anything. You know, so he's supposed to hit fastball. He won't call out anything. And he will just 
get caught right in between and swing and miss because halfway in the swing he realized, oh, crap, it wasn't changeup, it was fastball. And because he shifted and, 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 and committed to the wrong time timeline, you can't catch up to fastball if you're looking changeup. The physics doesn't work like that. Timelines don't work like that. You can be ready for the earliest pitch or quickest pitch, which would be fastball, and buy time for off speed. But if you look off speed and a fastball gets thrown, man, you, at best you might foul it off. But you're certainly not going to get your barrel to where you want on time because you're not on time. So the entire goal is to end up on as perfect timing as you can with your best swing. Sounds easy, right? <laughs> well, I, I wish. Uh, but it, it, it is easier than trying to always guess pitches. It's a lot easier than trying to react to everything. You know, okay, is it a ball or strike? Okay, now i got to decide to swing. Where in that did you decide your timing? If you're doing nothing but reacting, you're not actually physically performing anything to help you get the barrel to the ball on the timeline that you want, want it to be. And, again, this is tennis players know this way better than baseball and softball players. It's, right. it's insane. You know, they're, they're riding before their opponent even hits the ball back at them. Right. Okay, they're looking, they're looking at their opponent. Okay, he's lined up this way at this angle. All confusing, you know, jargon, so what. But as soon as that ball's hit, what does a tennis player do? They get their body in position. It kind of looks like they slow down. Like they slow down that back swing, and then they land swing. Boom. They hit that, that forehead. You know, it, it, right. and they do it way more often than baseball players do. Um, and they can still ride and stride and hit balls back and forth to each other at 80, 90, 100 miles an hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, uh, and you keep mentioning buying time. So what does that look like when you and you or your brother are teaching that? What, what, what are some, maybe some tools for a hitter's toolbox that you teach for, for buying time? So there's, there's a couple ways to buy time. And I'll cover uh, a few of the big ones. So the first one is maintaining your posture. Um, wherever you landed or the swing that you're going to battle with, you don't want to pull your head out. You don't want to change your posture and lean back. You don't want to crash over the plate. Um, you're trying. You want to maintain your posture on the ball. Uh, or, or some people might understand it better if I said, keep your shoulder plane on the ball. Or stay athletic, um, or you know, like hip hinge. Yes. Yeah, knee bend. So, I think Matt with so Matt Noakes talk about the uh, uh, bend in the ankle, bend in the knee, bend in the hip type of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you don't want to. So, so part of keeping your alignment on the ball because the first thing that goes when someone's early and, mm-hmm. and most of the time when you're when you're when you're off time you're early yes i know a lot of you go, oh, i'll get blown away with 80 miles an hour fastball chances are you're probably just not on time with how you're starting right but we see a lot of people accidentally do things a touch early they stab their foot down early uh or they jump out at the ball too early whatever it may be um so the one of the first things that goes is their posture or their athletic position if you will so if you stay in that athletic position oh crap i'm early that's a great self-defense mechanism. Your swing hasn't started yet. You haven't pulled the trigger yet. Okay, I'm early. He just threw me a knuckleball. Oh, crap. But i got to hit it. Just stay in your posture. Stay coiled up. And that, that's one thing that we see a lot of elite hitters do is they, they simply stay in their posture a little bit longer. And you've probably seen swings like this. You saw that guy get fooled by a pitch, and then all of a sudden he, he slaps it over the over the infield and gets a single out of it. It's like, oh, man, you know, good hit right there. You know, Tony Gwynn did this a lot, right. a lot. It, it almost looked like he got fooled. He just stands on the ball. Sure, he didn't get his best swing on it, but he stayed on it, got the barrel to it, good job. Other ways to buy time would be during your ride phase, before your foot lands. You can 
ride the inside of that back leg and just, if you will, slowly creep forward. Again, you, you need to go forward because the ball's in front of you. It is your action plan of getting your your posture and your shoulders and your back path lined up for the pitch. The forward move is very essential in, uh, in lining up factors. Um, another way you can do it is by staying sideways a little longer. Someone so, someone just, just you know coughed up a little bit when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Threw up in the mouth. I'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I mean by staying sideways a little longer is don't spin off your back foot too soon. Mm-hmm. You just just stay sideways a little longer. There's a reason, by the way, hitters start sideways to the to the pitcher. Right. There's a reason. It's a position you can work from. No one starts with their back foot already turned and their hips already open. There's a reason. And it's not just for power. It, it, it's for alignment purposes. It's to help you stay on the ball if you have to. Again, tennis players do this all the time. Golfers, when they hit the ball, their back foot is still sideways at contact. Granted, they're not hitting a moving ball, but it's the act of how to stay in position to hit the object that you're wanting to hit. Uh, another way you can do it, and this is what Matt Noakes talks a lot about, is sitting in your legs. Sitting By sitting in your legs, I really mean like sitting like if you're going to sit in a chair. Everyone's athletic position generally has two bent knees, you're leaned over at the waist, shortstops do this every day. It's a very good athletic position you see in every sport. And so, again, if you find yourself a touch early, uh-oh, you don't just quit on your swing and pull your head and make over your front side and throw your hands at it. No, 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 no. You can just keep sitting. Your body goes down with gravity. As soon as you start to go forward and take your stride to the ball, that body starts to sink a little bit. We've all seen this. Joey has like 100 million videos on it. It's amazing. <laughs> At head level. You can draw a bar across the top of yep. him and see that he, that he sinks. Getting shorter. The ball, right. So every pitch comes down at the same rate of gravity, 32 feet per second per second. That is a variable that, that's a constant, which is great. It is awesome. We, too, also can sink with the ball 32 feet per second per second. Mm-hmm. So now what you have to do is get on time with the pitch coming to you. But it's still coming down, guys. Even the 100-mile-an-hour fastball thrown to you, it's still dropping three to four feet on its way to you. That, that pitcher's on a raised mound. To a, so that's another element of timing. It's not just timing point A to point B out of the pitcher's hand to your, to your bat, but actually timing the fall of the pitch, the, the gravity part of it. And, uh, man, once a hitter starts to fall with the ball or sink into their legs, it's hard to get a ball by them. Uh, hitters that do this really good were like Ichiro Suzuki. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Japanese players have a long stride, and it looks funny to us Americans. Oh, man, why has he got this leg kick and really strung out? He is not letting that ball get out of his tiny window. Mm-hmm. They just have a much longer window. Um, you know, there, there, there's some Dominicans out there my brother used to pitch against that he would try and spike a slider in the ground, and the next thing you know is hit 380 feet. <laughs> like, they didn't care if it was a ball or strike. They knew how to get to the ball. Mm-hmm. And so so there's not that you have to be that exaggerated to be a good hitter, but, man, to have none of that in your in your arsenal of weapons, holy cow, you're doing yourself an injustice. Right. Um, we have more offensive actions, you know, movement patterns, uh, you know, than I think most people realize. Uh, I, I get so tired of hearing hitting's reactionary. It's all reaction. Sure, there are reactions in hitting. But my goodness, <laughs> to, to tell a Tom Brady, hey, uh, go run this play, but uh, you know I'm not going to tell you what routes the receivers are running or anything. You know, you're, you're just going to have to wait for him to get open, and then hopefully you can get it to him on time. You just got to react to it. Don't be proactive. Yeah. 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 Don't be proactive. <laughs> yes, I love that. 
Well, hey, Taylor, I know we could go into probably more depth in, in each each of those those drills. Oh, but yeah. what I wanted to do, since this is going to be in the hitting drill section or the uh, hitting aid section, is I wanted to ask you about the the brand new Backspin T Pro Light model that you guys just came out with. And I know you guys replaced a couple other ones. Uh, you, you keep the the good old the good old legacy model, the the pro oh, yeah. the, the pro model. Um, but you you brought <laughs> you, you guys came out with something I think that's going to be a good uh, or address the objection of well you guys are selling a four hundred dollar tee. You know I, yep. who can afford a four hundred dollar tee even though you guys sold quite a quite a few of them and won uh, many awards on them. On it, but uh, talk a little bit about what the differences in the Pro Light versus the Pro model are. Gotcha. So uh, our Pro Heavy was our original, and uh, it got us on the map. We had no intention of building a T. And so when people buy our product, I hope they know. When we stress this as much as we can, you're buying a training product, and this thing's going to last you a lifetime. It is built like a tank. I sent Joey Myers a couple dozen of them I think now, <laughs> and we've made changes along the way. I what still we have, have them. Now, it still work. <laughs> and what we have now is bulletproof. Um, so, yes, is it, is it is it the ball being held still? Of course it is. Is it, but does it offer more than a traditional tee? Yes, it does. It is expensive to make. We make every one of them by by our own hands. I do all the welding. We wrap every cone. We we bend every one of them. Um, here in Oklahoma City. I was going to say, Taylor's not in China. He's in Oklahoma City. Nope, so made that's right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing we have that's made in China. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 it's pretty miraculous how, how durable these are. But the effect that you're going to get is, um, you know, if you've ever put a donut on a bat and swung it, and then you take the donut off, and all of a sudden you feel like you can swing faster. There's an effect there. Mm-hmm. And, and so you get the effect of, wow, this is the only part of the ball that I can hit to, to get the ball uh, a chance to be a line drive. You, you can't hit the top of the ball, guys, and get a line drive. It doesn't, it doesn't work. And I could probably um, speak to uh, I could probably speak to that effect real quickly. I ran an experiment. Uh, this was before I knew Taylor and Jarrett. I I saw their tee, loved it. They sent sent me one. I did a swing experiment where I hit a, took a hundred swings off their tee and a hundred swings off a traditional tee, an ATAC or a Tanner. At the time, it was an ATAC tee. And uh, so I counterbalanced those swings so that we took out the getting warmed up and the getting tired swing factors. And so we, I, I can put a link to that in the in the show notes here for anybody that are looking to kind of see how that experiment went. But what ended up happening was I took a picture of the cage that I was hitting in, I laminated it, and then for each 100 of the swings, I put a black dot uh, from a sharpie uh, where I hit where I hit the ball. <clears throat> and when I the Scatter graph on the batsman tee looked more like a palm tree or a tornado. The uh, scatter graph for the regular tee looked more like a kind of a cinder block, and there were some balls that were up at the top of the cage. So I did hit some up from the regular tee. But what was really interesting that I had no clue before uh, the experiment that the effect that Taylor's talking about is seeing that bottom half of the ball it lasted about 10 to 15 swings when I switched from uh, swings off the backspin tee to the regular tee because how I counterbalanced it, they were in 25-swing chunks. So I would take 25 swings off the, off the backspin tee, then I would take 25 on the regular tee, then another 25 on regular, and then another 25 on backspin, and then I would, I would reverse that on the last 100 swings. So after 25 swings on the backspin tee, and I, the first 10 to 15 on the regular tee, the ball was behaving off my bat the same as it was off the backspin tee. But then the last 10, 15 swings 
on the regular tee, the ball started coming down, coming down to more of like uh, the height of the tee to uh, below the height of the tee. So the backspin tee effect, and this is what I found in the experiment, was interesting that it lasted 10 to 15 swings after taking a swing off the backspin tee. So go ahead and uh, uh, finish off your the, the comparison on the two. But I, I think people ought to understand that because that's what they ask me when they say, you know, does this really work hitting off the backspin tee? So I always tell them the backspin tee effect from that experiment. Well, I, and that was a great experiment, and it helped me and you kind of got got introduced to each other, yep. and, and it was awesome. So, so yes, uh, our pro heavy model is is currently at 350. Um, and again, lifetime warranty on that. But the pro light version, it offers everything the same. It is made out of different material. It's made out of softer aluminum. Uh, it is a little bit cheaper for us to make, and we wanted to be able to get these in more people's hands. You know, we, we sell 10,000 units uh, of of our pro deluxe model, if you will, and you, you get. People call me and say, I love everything about what you guys are doing. I just can't afford it. But that, that's fine. We understand. Um, we, we're not trying to price gas people. We have to pay for these things. Right. And, uh, and, and you know, and as, as Joey knows, uh, marketing dollars ain't cheap. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So the Pro Light version is one, is one thirty nine ninety nine. That is shipped. It doesn't have the lifetime warranty on it, but, guys, as long as you take care of it, it's going to last you just as long as any other tea out there. Our rubber cones are extremely well made. We are not having any issues with them. Uh, and one thing that, that our backspin teas do that no other tea in the world does is you can actually put your elite angle attachment on it, and then you can angle the ball to any angle you want. So if you want to work on a low pitch, or that barrel head might be a little bit steeper uh, versus a pitch at chest high level, or it might be a little bit flatter, you can visualize that before you go banging balls in your practice. If you want to work on uh, visualizing a fastball coming in at a negative, you know, eight degrees, you can do that. So you can visually get yourself and 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 also physically perform at these angles of the body that you're looking for. Again, providing that effect that you're searching for in your game. Um, you know, does everyone need this backspin tee? No, I don't recommend it for tee ballers. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that aren't quite advanced enough, but if you're Ages seven, eight, nine, and 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 you, you see that your son or daughter is ready to be challenged a little bit more. Maybe maybe their coach or dad doesn't have time to throw balls to them. That's fine. You can still get the effect that you want with your player uh, by training on this. And uh, so now we have a much more affordable option, and uh, a lot of people are buying them already. It uh, I got. Golly, 30 boxes, i got to stuff in the back of my truck and take them to UPS just right now. <laughs> hey, one other question on, on the tees uh, that people have is knockdown rate. So I know I can tell from experience the, the pro model, the pro deluxe legacy big old heavy thing, that thing oh, yeah. not getting knocked down. I mean, it's it's very rare that it does. How, how does the, the pro light stack up on, in that? It actually surprisingly does about the same. Okay. Um, so a clean hit, not going to move. If you hit, hit a ground ball, you know, it's going to turn a little on you, like like any batting tee would mm-hmm. if you hit the rubber cone. It might shift a little. Yep. Um, if you were to really miss and strike eight inches above the ball, hit the <laughs> top of my rubber cone, yeah, there's not much I can do uh, uh, from me knocking that down. And, and now, again, I do want to stress, this is our pro-light version. It does have a laser-cut stake hole in it. Some people prefer to put a tent stake on it, um, maybe a bucket of balls. But, uh, again, you don't need to. Again, if you're if you're hitting the ball, it's fine. Uh, it it doesn't knock down any more or less than than, uh, than any traditional tee. Um, again, as long as you're not mis you know, misusing it. Right, right, good. Okay, so we're getting close to our time here. Uh, last thing I wanted to ask you, Uncle Flash, is where can people find you if they wanted to get more information? 
Uh, BaxterMT.com is the best way. And, guys, we are on our Facebook 24 hours a day, it feels like. Uh, <laughs> if you have any questions, uh, feel, please feel free to shoot me a message uh, over Facebook is the easiest and quickest way. Um, we do have uh, quite a few followers. You know, we, we do get blown up quite often and uh, with questions and, and with people looking for new drills. Um, I don't have a whole bunch of hitting drills uh, simply for the fact that we are a key company and some people don't want to be told how to hit. Right. Now, if you're one of those that would like more information, go to YouTube, find me, and I, at Baxman T is, is, our, is our name, and uh, I do have a, a, a myth-busting a myth video collection. There's about 10 videos on there, and I think you guys will really enjoy, um, even to tell your friends or your parents or your coaches, um, you know, hey, look at this myth that, that I saw these guys bust. You know, can a baseball rise? Can you know, do, do, can you hit the top of the ball and, and, and make it go up? You know, and it's all in fun in nature, but it is truthful. Um, you, you, there's a lot of myths out there. That, and if you don't know these myths, and maybe you're being taught some of these myths, I hope it will open your eyes that, wow, if this factually isn't true, um, you know, this part of, of, of baseball, um, why am I being taught to do this, this, or this in my swing? It doesn't add up. And so not going to call anyone out. Just uh, as, as a hitter, you definitely want to – be the smartest hitter that you can be. No, I, I don't know what happened, Joey, but somewhere in the last 50 years, and this is from Matt Noakes telling me this, he goes, hitters at pro ball got told they weren't as smart as their coaches right. understanding what's going on in their swing. Yes, you can be. Maybe you can't look at your swing and video all the time, but you should have a pretty good idea of what your body's doing. And if you're swinging and you think everything's good and you're still missing the ball, it's probably your timing. It's probably not as much your swing as you think. Most likely, yeah. Um, and before I end this call, I just want you guys all to know, you coaches, you guys and gals out there, it, the, these guys know what they're doing. So I know a lot of hitting aids out there, the, the founders, or the, the creators, don't maybe know what they're doing hitting-wise, and that's maybe why the kind of the myths that people don't take hitting advice from hitting aid creators, but these guys know what they're doing. I wouldn't be on a phone call with them, interviewing them, if if that was the case, if they didn't know what they were doing. So they, they have a lot of deep respect. Uh, maybe in another call we can kind of go over that aspect of it, why, why I respect these guys a lot. But definitely hit them up on social media and on YouTube. Check out some of their videos because what they have is, is golden. The information they have is golden. So anyway, with that, keeping this call, being respective of, uh, respectful of your time. I said respective last time, I think, too. Respectful of your time, <laughs> Uncle Flash. Uh, I will let you, let you go. But uh, thank you so much, man. I appreciate yeah, pouring out your time, your uh, your knowledge, and your no time problem. on timing. I love I love what you guys are doing, especially on the timing side of things, and um, just appreciate it, brother. Hey, I, I appreciate it, Joey. I'll, I'll leave you with one more story. There sure. was a, there was a study done. Um, I know they did it at Stanford, and I'm pretty sure they did it at Harvard as well. Uh, it had nothing to do with baseball, but timing, though. Uh, at the start of the semester, the professor uh, asked every student, "I want you to practice." starting a, a, a stopwatch or a clock, and every student had bells in front of them. And whenever they took their test, they had like weekly tests or maybe maybe every other week, and without looking at a clock, just by the feel, they were hitting this bell when they thought it hit 45 minutes. And that's a long time. That's a long time to stay engaged right. with, with, with timing. And at first, you know, everyone struggled with it, and by the end of the semester, everybody got to within like, a minute and a half. Some people were, were so close they were within seconds of being right on time with 45 minutes. And they're taking exams. You know, they're not thinking about time. They're just aware of their of their 
of their timeline around them. And uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting that, you know, we in baseball we get so caught up and he's throwing hard, I don't have enough time. Oh, no, no, no. You have plenty of time. You, you, you just, you just got to get your, your brain wired and ready for it. Right. And it, and it goes back to your snap drill, right? Or just taking a, you can do the snap drill like right now, everybody, we're in this coronavirus quarantine uh, deal. <clears throat> and so you can take a stopwatch and you can uh, try and stop it at one second or a second and a half or two seconds. Sure. And just the timing of stopping at those times, you're practicing timing. That's, that's all it is. It's, it's not overcomplicated. Uh, that's what timing is. And a lot of the examples that Taylor gave on the ride, uh, part of the stride, ride and stride, the, the ride part are all practicing timing. Your timing catching a ball. Your timing uh, running to a certain point. Your timing a pitch coming in, a certain pitch, a fastball versus a uh, changeup. So um, I hope a lot of you, there was some stuff in here that you could just practice. You could practice at home on the field, whatever whatever time you find yourself in here, if you're still in quarantine or if, uh, this is well beyond, uh, thank God, uh, well beyond this thing, that uh, you can take what Taylor said to heart and, uh, and work on it. So thanks again, Mr. Taylor, and uh, I'm sure we'll be doing another talk like this soon. I'm ready. Thank you. <laughs> All right, brother. See you, bye. All right, bye. Now. now we've made changes along the way. I what still we have now, it still work. <laughs> what we have now is bulletproof. Um, so, yes, is it, is, it, is it the ball being held still? Of course it is. Is it, but does it offer more than a traditional tee? Yes, it does. It is expensive to make. We make every one of them by by our own hands. I do all the welding. We wrap every cone. We we bend every one of them. Um, here in Oklahoma City. I was going to say Taylor's not in China. He's in Oklahoma City. Nope, so maybe that's right. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing we have that, that's made in China. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 it's pretty miraculous how, how durable these are. But the effect that you're going to get is, um, you know, if you've ever put a donut on a bat and swung it, and then you take the donut off, and all of a sudden you feel like you can swing faster. There's an effect there, mm-hmm. and, and so you get the effect of, wow, this is the only part of the ball that I can hit to to get the ball. Uh, a chance to be a line drive. You can't hit the top of the ball, guys, and have a line drive. It doesn't, it doesn't work. And I could probably speak to uh, I could probably speak to that effect real quickly. I ran an experiment. Uh, this was before I knew Taylor and Jarrett. I I saw their tee, loved it. They sent sent me one. I did a swing experiment where I hit a, took a hundred swings off their tee and a hundred swings off a traditional tee, an ATAC or a Tanner. At the time, it was an ATAC tee. And uh, so I counterbalanced those swings so that we took out the getting warmed up and the getting tired swing factors. And so we, I, I can put a link to that in the in the show notes here for anybody that are looking to kind of see how that experiment went. But what ended up happening was I took a picture of the cage that I was hitting in, I laminated it, and then for each 100 of the swings, I put a black dot 
uh, from a sharpie uh, where I hit where I hit the ball. <clears throat> and when I the scatter graph on the batsman tee looked more like a palm tree or a tornado. The uh, scatter graph for the regular tee looked more like a kind of a cinder block, and there were some balls that were up at the top of the cage. So I did hit some up from the regular tee. But what was really interesting that I had no clue before uh, the experiment that the effect that Taylor's talking about is seeing that bottom half of the ball, there, it lasted about 10 to 15 swings when I switched from uh, swings off the backspin tee to the regular tee because how I counterbalanced it, they were in 25 swing chunks. So I would take 25 swings off the, off the backspin tee, then I would take 25 on the regular tee, then another 25 on regular, and then another 25 on backspin, and then I would, I would reverse that on the last 100 swings. So after 25 swings on the backspin tee, and I the first 10 to 15 on the regular tee, the ball was behaving off my bat the same as it was off the backspin tee. But then the last 10, 15 swings on the regular tee, the ball started coming down, coming down to more of like uh, the height of the tee to uh, below the height of the tee. So the backspin tee effect, and this is what I found in the experiment, was interesting that it lasted 10 to 15 swings after taking a swing off the backspin tee. So go ahead and... Uh, uh, finish off your the the comparison on the two, but I, I think people ought, ought to understand that because that's what they ask me when they say, you know, does this really work hitting off the backspin tee? So I always tell them the backspin tee effect from that experiment. Oh, I, and that was a great experiment, and tell me you kind of got got introduced to each other, yep. and, and it was awesome. So so yes, uh, our pro heavy model is is currently at three hundred fifty, um, and again, lifetime warranty on that. But the pro light version, it offers. Everything the same. It is made out of different material. It's made out of softer aluminum. Uh, it is a little bit cheaper for us to make, and we wanted to be able to get these in more people's hands. You know, we sell 10,000 units uh, of, of our Pro Deluxe model, if you will, and you, you get people calling in and say, I love everything about what you guys are doing. I just can't afford it. But that, that's fine. We understand. Um, we, we're not trying to price gas people. We have to pay for these things. Right. And, uh, and, and you know, and as Joey knows, uh, marketing dollars ain't cheap. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So the Pro Light version is one, is one thirty nine ninety nine. That is shipped. It doesn't have the lifetime warranty on it, but, guys, as long as you take care of it, it's going to last you just as long as any other tea out there. Our rubber cones are extremely well made. We are not having any issues with them. Uh, and then one thing that, that our backspin teas do that no other tea in the world does is you can actually put your elite angle attachment on it and then you can angle the ball to any angle you want. So if you want to work on a low pitch, or that barrel head might be a little bit steeper uh, versus a pitch at chest high level, or it might be a little bit flatter, you can visualize that before you go banging balls in your practice. If you want to work on uh, visualizing a fastball coming in at a negative you know, eight degrees, you can do that. So you can visually get yourself and, and, and also physically perform at these angles of the body that you're looking for, again, providing that effect that you're searching for in their game. Um, you know, does everyone need this backspin tee? No, I don't recommend it for tee ballers, mm-hmm. you know, that, that aren't quite advanced enough. But if you're ages 7, 8, 9, and, and, and you, you see that your son or daughter is ready to be challenged a little bit more, maybe maybe their coach or dad doesn't have time to throw balls to them. That's fine. You can still get the effect that you want with your player uh, by training on this. And uh, so now we have a much more affordable option. And uh, a lot of people are buying them already. It, uh, I got probably 30 boxes. I got to stuff in the back of my truck and take them to UPS just right now. <laughs> hey, one other question on on the tees uh, that people have is knockdown rate. 
So I know I can tell from experience the the pro model, the pro deluxe legacy big old heavy thing. That thing oh, yeah. not getting knocked down. I mean, it's it's very rare that it does. How how does the the pro light stack up on, in that? It actually surprisingly does about the same. Um, so a clean hit, not going to move. If you hit hit a ground ball, you know it's going to turn a little on you, like like any batting tee would. Mm-hmm. If you hit the rubber toe, it might shift a little. Yep. Um, if you were to really miss and strike eight inches above the ball, hit the top of my rubber cone, yeah, there's not much I can do uh, uh, from me knocking that down. And, and now, again, I do want to stress, this is our pro light version. It does have a laser-cut stake hole in it. Some people prefer to put a tent stake on it, um, maybe a bucket of balls. But, again, you don't need to. Again, if you're, if you're hitting the ball, it, it's fine. Uh, it, it doesn't knock down any more or less than, than, uh, than any traditional tee, um, again, as long as you're not mis- you know, misusing it. Right, right. Good. Okay, so we're getting close to our time here. Uh, last thing I wanted to ask you, Uncle Flash, is where can people find you if they wanted to get more information? Uh, BackspinT.com is the best way. And, guys, we are on our Facebook 24 hours a day, it feels like. Uh, <laughs> if you have any questions, uh, feel, please feel free to shoot me a message uh, over Facebook is the easiest and quickest way. Um, we do have uh, quite a few followers. and we, we do get blown up quite often. And uh, with questions and, and with people looking for new drills, um, I don't have a whole bunch of hitting drills uh, simply for the fact that we are a key company and some people don't want to be told how to hit. Right. Now, if you're one of those that would like more information, go to YouTube, find me and at Backspin T is our, is our name. And uh, I do have a, a, a myth of a myth busting video collection. There's about 10 videos on there. And I think you guys will really enjoy um, even to tell your friends or your parents or your coaches, um, you know, hey, look at this myth that, that I saw these guys bust. You know, can a baseball rise? Can you know, do, do, can you hit the top of the ball and, and, and make it go up? You know, it, and it's all in fun in nature, but it is truthful. Um, you, you, there's a lot of myths out there, that, and if you don't know these myths, and maybe you're being taught some of these myths, I hope it will open your eyes that, wow, if this factually isn't true, um, you know, this part of, of, of baseball, um, why am I being taught to do this, this, or this in my swing? It doesn't add up. And so not going to call anyone out. Just uh, as, as mm-hmm. a hitter, you definitely want to be the smartest hitter that you can be. No, I, I don't know what happened, Joey, but somewhere in the last 50 years, and this is from Matt Noakes telling me this, he yeah. goes, hitters at pro ball got told they weren't as smart as their coaches right. understanding what's going on in their swing. Yes, you can be. Maybe you can't look at your swing video all the time. But you should have a pretty good idea of what your body's doing. And if you're swinging and you think everything's good and you're still missing the ball, it's probably your timing. It's probably not as much your swing as you think. Most likely, yeah. Um, and before I end this call, I just want you guys all to know, you coaches, you guys and gals out there, it, the, these guys know what they're doing. So I know a lot of hitting aids out there, the, the founders or the, the creators, don't maybe know what they're doing hitting-wise, and that's maybe why the kind of the myth that people don't take hitting advice from hitting aid creators, but these guys know what they're doing. I wouldn't be on a phone call with them, interviewing them, if if that was the case, if they didn't know what they were doing. So they, they have a lot of deep respect. Uh, maybe in another call we can kind of go over that aspect of it, why, why I respect these guys a lot. But definitely hit them up on social media and on YouTube, check out some of their videos because what they have is is golden. The information they have is golden. So anyway, with that, keeping this call, being respective of, uh, respectful of your time. I said respective last time, I think, too. Respectful of your time. <laughs> Uncle Flash, 
uh, I will let you let you go. But uh, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you pouring out your time, your uh, your knowledge, and your no time problem. on timing. I love I love what you guys are doing, especially on the timing side of things, and um, just appreciate it, brother. Hey, I, I appreciate it, Joey. I'll, I'll leave you with one more story. There sure. was a, there was a study done. Um, I know they did it at Stanford, and I'm pretty sure they did it at Harvard as well. Uh, it had nothing to do with baseball, but timing, though. Uh, at the start of the semester, the professor uh, asked every student, I want you to practice starting a, a, a stopwatch or a clock, and every student had bells in front of them. And whenever they took their test, they had like weekly tests or maybe maybe every other week, and without looking at a clock, just by the feel, they were hitting this bell when they thought it hit 45 minutes. And that's a long time. That's a long time to stay engaged right. with, with, with timing. And at first, you know, everyone struggled with it. And by the end of the semester, everybody got to within, like, a minute and a half. Some people were, were so close they were within seconds of being right on time with 45 minutes. And they're taking exams. You know, they're not thinking about time. They're just aware of their, of their, of their timeline around them. And uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting that, you know, we, in baseball we get so caught up and he's throwing hard, I don't have enough time. Oh, no, no, no. You have plenty of time. You, you, you just you just got to get your, your brain wired and ready for it. Right. And it, and it goes back to your snap drill, right? Or just taking a – you can do the snap drill like right now. Everybody, we're in this coronavirus quarantine uh, deal. <clears throat> and so you can take a stopwatch and you can – uh, try and stop it at one second or a second and a half or two seconds. Sure. And just the timing of stopping at those times, you're practicing timing. That's that's all it is. It's, it's not overcomplicated. Uh, that's what timing is. And a lot of the examples that Taylor gave on the ride, uh, part of the stride, ride and stride, the, the ride part are all practicing timing. You're timing catching a ball. You're timing uh, running to a certain point, you're timing a pitch coming in, a certain pitch, a fastball versus a uh, changeup. So um, I hope a lot of you, there was some stuff in here that you could just practice. You could practice at home, on the field, whatever whatever time you find yourself in here, if you're still in quarantine or if, uh, well beyond, uh, thank God, uh, well beyond this thing, that uh, you can take what Taylor said to heart and, uh, and work on it. So thanks again, Mr. Taylor, and uh, I'm sure we'll be doing another talk like this soon. I'm ready. Thank you. <laughs> All right, brother. See you. Bye. All right, bye.